0: VBS might look different this year, and that's okay. There are four ways you can still do VBS this summer. Visit lifeway.com four ways to download your free ebook. No matter which option you choose, we're here to help.
1: listeners and welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. We continue to record this episode as most of our recent ones from our sequestration in our own home scattered around Middle Tennessee. Today I'm joined by several friends. We are talking about coming back together. Uh, we've all been... Um, doing church differently, doing kids ministry differently over the last several weeks. And now the time has come when many of us are are getting the green light, getting the go-ahead to move forward and to begin to have in-person gatherings again. But what does that look like and where are we going? This episode is the second in a four-part series we are doing on six considerations for reopening your kids ministry. And we're going to talk today about Ministry strategy and about policies and procedures and I'm joined by some friends and guests. Jeremy Carroll is here. Hi, Jeremy Hey Chuck. How's it going? Good. I'm doing great. Jeremy's in his shed He's uh, we're on zoom and so as we look at him. He's he looks like he's in an unfinished Workshop, which is kind (laughs) of where he thrives. He's he's in progress over there
2: That's right always in progress
1: We're also joined by Rhonda Van Cleave who leads up our VBS team. Hi Rhonda. Hi, Chuck. Good to have you today, and we're excited to talk with you about some policies and procedures, especially since you are a practitioner in kids ministry for sure. And then Delaney Williams. Delaney is uh, she's at home safe as well. Hi, Delaney. Hey, Chuck. And Delaney has been uh, part of leading out the effort here with the Lifeway Kids team to pull together this information that we have put together into a free ebook that you can download. At lifeway.com/slash six considerations. And it's all about these six considerations for opening your ministry. So, guys, let's just dive right into it. We're in this place where it's time to start gathering again. Uh, we never anticipated that we wouldn't be gathering, and so churches quickly adapted to the idea of doing some virtual ministry or at-home things and dropping packages on porches, and just as we've assimilated to that approach. Now here we are and we're getting the, the go ahead to come back together and we don't really know how to where to begin or what to do. And so let's talk a bit about uh some ways that we need to think in regards to our strategy but also in in terms of revisiting our policies and procedures. And so I would invite all three of you to just uh let's have a conversation about these things. But Jeremy you you led out a bit in in the drafting of the the ministry strategy uh questions that we have. So uh, for the group uh, Jeremy you might begin what factors do we need to consider as we as we look at this uh this time of uh of saying okay we'll come back together where do we even start what do we look at
2: well you know there's so many and uh, the, all our listeners know this too they, there's so many factors to to deal with um i think uh you know one that that may go unsaid but we we want to say it is we want to be very sensitive um uh, when at all possible to follow any low local uh, government guidelines and restrictions so uh, let's try not to run ahead of them um, and, and and the reason for that really is that many of our people are listening to these these types of um, these guidelines and, and they're expecting us to follow them there they are this is their source of information and so we want to just be sensitive uh, to our people uh, having this information and if we feel like we need to go against them we need to be able to explain why so just be be aware of whatever your local, uh, state regional uh, guidelines are, restrictions are uh, so that's one one factor we want to consider um, other things we want to consider is just the sensitivity of of parents and volunteers is is how many uh, are are they ready to jump back in um, it, are if you if your senior pastors leading you to jump in uh, all in full ministry everybody's back on site are your leaders your volunteers really comfortable jumping back in into a room um, uh, are your, are there even going to be parents that are bringing their kids yet I talked with a, with the pastor this week who had their very first on-site meeting and he he was just he was honestly he was a little dumbfounded that um there was in, in in their church that normally runs about 200 there were in the room maybe six kids uh and he was just surprised that parents were not quite ready and we were we, he and I were talking we were trying to process are they ready to come back yet yeah, why weren't they there and so uh, i think just being sensitive to our parents and our adult volunteers, just are they ready really to fully engage at this point? And then you have other factors too, like uh, facilities, are your facilities ready keeping um, sanitized and um, how do we handle social distancing? So there's, um, that's just a handful, but maybe that starts our conversation off just a little bit of, of some things that we want to consider. Um, and then one final one I just, I'll mention before we open up to, to get some other feedback and or input here is, um, what about digital? Are we leaving digital high and dry, or and just going straight back to onsite, or do we need to maintain some balance of the two, digital and onsite, both uh, as we start back? So I think those are some of the the some of the key ones that I I would say.
1: Yeah, when we, when it comes to attendance, many of the guidelines, actually all the guidelines, are suggesting that we we won't just be able to go back to how it was all at once, right? There will be a phasing in. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe yeah. we can meet with groups of 10 with a certain distancing and then maybe 20, maybe 50. And I think we've, uh, we're have we all feeling, um, and Rhonda, maybe you can speak to this, that um, it's going to be a while before we're able to be back, especially in kids ministry at full scale. What do you think we need to be thinking about in terms of f- ramping in and, and how might we uh, consider continuing digital, Rhonda, as a part of that phase in process?
3: Well, um, I, I think we're... <sighs> What we've mentioned is exactly true, that we don't know how we're going to phase in. And so it's going to be a little bit at a time. And uh, just like the minister that Jeremy mentioned that was surprised, uh, our church opened for the first time this past Sunday, and we felt the whole gambit of um, there are some who are comfortable and there are some who are cautious but coming and some who are just not ready yet and we have to remember that we're ministers to people you know that that's what our goal is it's not to make them do anything it's to minister with where they are and so trying to make it feel comfortable i think after having just one little experience under my belt my thing is it's not so much the doing but how they feel when they come in uh people are coming from a very scared a very isolated a very Life has been upside down different for two months. Um, And so walking back into a normal environment is really still not normal. So just making people uh, feel comfortable and those who started digital, we started uh, some digital stuff we'd never had before. And we're realizing that there's still a ministry for that now. So that ministry needs to continue So if we look at what we're doing is how are we ministering to people to make them comfortable, to make them still open, um, to hear the message that we have to deliver. And sometimes that's going to mean we're looking differently at at our usual stuff. It's not the same a week, every week. So now we may be actually uh, have several fingers of ministry going, a digital and in-house and a A semi, you know, uh, some may come with masks and some may not. It doesn't matter. You know, we need to make people feel secure and comfortable when they when they do come in.
1: And Delaney, what we're hearing is many churches may begin to meet uh, for a main worship service that's family oriented and not have kids ministry at the beginning. Uh, What might we be thinking about in terms of strategy for ministering to kids? in a setting where, where maybe kids are, are coming back to church with their families, but we're not quite ready to gather yet.
0: Right. And I think that's something that's important as we are um, advocates for kids ministry and all is a lot of times we are help executing the church's plan. And meaning some people may not be aware of all the specific needs that the families have or the kids have. And so we need to be advocates. So like you said, if if we're meeting as families in a worship setting and not in small groups, what are some things that we can do to help families, to aid them to feel um, feel more comfortable, but also to help keep their kids engaged in worship? And how can we help our worship leaders even welcome kids if you will you know even something to even acknowledge that you know there may be some whispers because the kids are a little you know they're not going to be able to sit still but that's okay parents uh, you know putting parents at ease to know that and also the other people that are in the service to to know what to expect um, something else you could do is encourage parents to pack a bag with some quiet activities where they would be able to bring that to the worship service, um, the take-home pages. Parents could go ahead and print the, um, we churches could send them to the parents earlier that week. Parents could print them off and then they would be able to have that take-home page that would follow the curriculum that they're studying for that Sunday. and they'd be able to do that during the service, but then also even the Lifeway Kids app that they, that could be downloaded on, um, an item that they would be able to do that during the service, but I think even finding out what's um, what the songs are going to be that week is something that families could go ahead and know ahead of time, and that would help just involve the kids and feeling more comfortable and helping them be aware of um, of the service, and then making it a worshipful time for everyone.
1: So having things for kids to do while they are in, in big church with their families, I, you know, in a lot of ways, I think it could be a good thing for kids to sit in big church, you know, and get used to uh, being in that environment. But it is wise for, uh, for us as leaders to think about equipping families and kids with something to do so they're not just kicking the seat in front of them, but they have something to be occupied with.
0: Right. And um, I think it also during that, it, it's good to remember that even though a child may be moving around or, you know, doing some of those quiet activities that we're talking about, they're still listening and they're still learning. And what a great opportunity to be able to see their parents lead and worship or see how they're worshiping. And then also some of their teachers in the different ministries that they're going to be able to see in those worship services as well. And just remembering that they are learning, um, even though we may not think they are.
1: Mm. I know some churches are intentionally incorporating some children's components into those services. And so that could be an idea that we might consider as well, How uh, collaborating with the senior pastor on that. Jeremy? Yeah, I was just,
2: I was thinking, as you guys were talking, um, one of the concerns that I've heard, and it's right alongside what Dylan is saying, is that um, uh, there's also... This probably in, in many of our parents, especially if your church is not used to having kids in the in big church, there's this fear that may even keep them away. So anything we can do as leaders just to, uh, Dale, you hit on this, just to can, uh, provide a, a level of, hey, you know, it's OK if, it, if they're going to be loud. Um, we don't expect your children to perfectly sit quietly. And so uh, anything we can do just to alleviate that anxiety that parents have is going to go a huge way with those parents who are, who are not used to having their kids in that space.
1: Now, as we do begin to move out of that big uh, worship space where we're combining adults and kids as families, and we do um, have the opportunity to, to bring kids together again, I know one of the concerns that that a lot of churches have is for space. Uh, first of all, kids don't social distance well, right? They touch each other all the time. And so trying to get kids to not be in each other's space is going to be a challenge. And so there are uh, discussions and and even some limitations that may be uh, imposed for us on how many we can have gather at the beginning. Uh, As we've identified, some people may just choose to not come right away, but there are going to be some who are there. Uh, right from the get-go. As soon as we open the doors, we know there's going to be some who are showing up. Um, in regards to managing the number of people we can fit in a space, I know something that some churches have talked about, and Rhonda, maybe you can speak to this, is the idea of having people register ahead of time to say, hey, we're coming, and so we can begin to get an idea of our capacity and how full we are. Uh, what might we need to think about, Rhonda, in regards to how many kids we can accommodate as time allows?
3: Um, I think it does start with that you have to know your local uh, restrictions, you know, and so if the area you're in has set, um, you know, 10 or 5 or whatever, that can be your starting point. Some places it won't be. Uh, but that's one thing The the re- registering, the pre-registering is certainly at least a way to have some oversight as to how many you have in a group. And that will help. I would say when you set it up like that, make it an invitation, though. Make it uh, like this is a cool thing. You know, you're wanting mm-hmm. to register for a great concert. <laughs> so yeah. it's not like you have to register. You're not allowed, you know, Uh Uh, And and I'm saying that because I've kind of seen some of this already and I'm thinking it really has to do with how you present that. So it's presented as this is a great opportunity we want you to have there. They're filling up quick. You know, we'll we'll make room. We'll figure out how to have extra sessions or different rooms or other times or whatever, but try to accommodate. But. Um, using a pre-registration tool uh, online and knowing how many's coming will certainly help. I think making sure you've gone in and your room is prepared for that kind of spacing. Your chairs are where they need to be. Um, make it fun, uh, you know, with some cool thing you mark the floor with or something, mm. but make this a game, make it exciting, make it fun. These kids are, have listened and heard all kinds of scary things, whether they, the parents realize it or not, some may be venturing out for the first time and are very unsure. So if this becomes a cool but safe place and secure place, this isn't going to be weird that we have to be this far apart. It's like, hey, this is just the way things are. And it's a neat place to be. And uh, we set the tone. So we need to, as teachers, we need to set the tone when they come in that this is okay. Hey, this is just the way we're doing things now. And but I am really glad you're here. We're gonna have so much fun, move beyond the scary stuff and get into the things that they're really there for.
1: Great, great, that's a good word. So in regards to policies and procedures, now is really a good time to review and update your policies. Uh, Some of those policies that we've had may uh, may not be as valid as they were pre-COVID, and there may be some new policies that we may need to add or introduce. Um, so, Dellen, you talk a little bit with us about this. Uh, how do we go about reviewing our policies and what sort of things might we look for? Uh, you know, we all live with our handbook of sorts, right, about what, what, what rules we use and abide by. How might that be different now and what do we need to look for?
0: Right. And I think something I want to encourage everyone to do is this is such a large task that we don't do it alone. That you ha- not that you have to have a large group helping you on this um, to help with these policies and procedures, but that you you um, look for the wisdom and in the inside of people such as maybe a couple healthcare professionals in your church or um, some parents of kids in your ministry, so you'll be able to get um, their viewpoints of you know how they're feeling um, how. Just as we've been talking about, do are they are they comfortable coming back together? All all of those type things, but also consulting your um, like I said, healthcare professionals. But also we need to look at especially whenever we're talking about maybe some new policies and procedures. Are things like looking to the CDC? Um, we know that they are, they have different recommendations, and so. We want to look to them as a source, and also even the um, EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, they're going to help us some, and then our local health department. But you know, something that I've found in ministry, especially when I was serving on staff, looking through policies and procedures, was our insurance company was a great resource that mm. I, I never would have thought of that, but they even had um, some sample policies that we could use to to um, make it more our church, but it served as a template, if you will, to help us be thinking along that way. And of course, you also, anytime you're doing something with policies and procedures, you want to check with your legal advisors and make sure that um, you're following those guidelines as well. And so, as you mentioned, there's some policies that you're going to naturally want to just elevate. Maybe it's things like washing hands. We, you know, we've always had that in our policies and procedures. But now's a great time to elevate that. Remind teachers, remind parents, remind kids, what's the proper way for hand washing? How often do we need to wash our hands? Those type things, people, their attention is more heightened at this time. And so we want to elevate policies like that. Um, Also, you wanna think about the disinfectant that you use. And something to consider also is making sure to know what that disinfectant cleans, how it cleans, meaning, you know, viruses it kills. The reason why I'm saying that is because if a parent comes to you and is asking, you know, what are you using to disinfect things? What are you using to clean? Is it safe? That way, you're already going to be educated and be able to communicate that to the parents. And then that's also going to earn their their trust. Again, and anytime we're talking about policies and procedures, we want to make sure that we also lead with the why and not just the what. So many times, policies, procedures, it's easy to do checklists, got that, got that. And while those are important, we also need to remember these policies are there for the protection of people. And so ministry, we have to remember to share and love on the people and share the why behind the what of the policies. And so you need to elevate them. You know, what surfaces um, need to be cleaned and how often? Even the toys in the classroom. You know, what is in the classroom, things like that, making sure that those policies are updated. Um I've heard it suggested that especially during this time, that whatever's in the classroom needs to be able to be disinfected as well. Just, again, that's for the health of everyone. Um, It also may be that for drop-off and pickup, you're um, coming and going, that process may be altered, meaning you're still going, you're still, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Go ahead. I was just, I was going to loop Jeremy in on that one and, and say, Jeremy, how, so yeah, as Delany, thank you for that, for setting that up. How, as we talk about at least arriving and dismissing, it's going to look different without high fives and without hugs and without the stuff that we're accustomed to. You're a dad, you're a creative guy. What, how do you suggest maybe we go about greeting one another in a way that's new and in communicating this as a little bit more than just an idea, but about something that becomes kind of a guideline?
2: Uh, yeah, you know, one of the things that I've I've done, even outside of this crisis, um, I, we would try to do different, um, you know, boys really like the foot fives. Um, I've done some of those with uh, some of the kids, uh, again, even outside the crisis. Boys like the little foot five um, that you can do. Um, uh, I, I, was, I served with one leader who he was, um, he loved the air five. And uh, he would do it from the stage and he would do, all right, here, it's coming. It's ready. And air five, boom. And he would like, you know, kind of make sound effects or whatever. And, and kids really love that. And they would get into it. Um, so those are, those are just the, as far as the, uh, the, those, um, uh, gestures of friendliness that we well, were so accustomed to that those are, are, are just a couple of simple ones. Um, uh, you know, I've seen air handshakes. I've seen, um, you know, just any number of things that are just be careful how we, I mean, obviously the sensitivity here. Let's be careful of how much contact hands and hands have together. Yeah, and okay. uh, and, and, and I think that's just if if we can do feet, if we can do air fives, um, air hugs, or, or you know, as the girls might like the air hugs. I, I saw one girl. Uh, this was again. This is all outside of crisis, uh, the 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 Corona crisis. But um, one couple of girls that I know, they were in different grades. And we would get together for a large group and they kind of sat on different sides of the room and they would kind of do like spirit fingers towards each other. So like air spirit fingers. um, (laughs) And they really thought that was fun. Um, And so anyway, anything we can do that just, again, make it fun, not draw attention to the fact that um, we're changing the way we're we're just we're scared. We're scared. We don't want to put that environment in. But if we can do things that, hey, we're going to. All right. Here comes your air five. And, and we lead out in um, in just having positive attitudes about it. I think those types of, of, of actions and attitudes are going to really go a long way.
1: And that's the kind of thing that, that that's why we're having this discussion, right, is, is we need to be thinking about those things before we get in the room. So these are the things we need to be thinking about now so that when it is time to meet that we have them figured out. Rhonda, let's end on this one. The, the other thing that we need to be thinking about is our pickup and drop off. Uh, so not just the greeting that we give, but our the way that we do that. Are we touching screens that are shared screens? Uh, what are some ideas of what we might do? And in some settings, I believe we may have to have a separate entrance and exit that may be new. What do you know, Rhonda, about what are your thoughts on pick up and drop off?
3: Um, I think this may be where we might have some new volunteer roles, you know, um, like at doors. So only one person is handling a door that's opened and closed or uh, uh, a volunteer that actually is there to do the signing in. So only one person is touching the screen and, and there's just communication verbally going on. So, you know, just kind of walk through your whole process and look at where somebody would contact, um, anything, a screen, a door handle and say, is there a way we can intervene and put somebody in the middle that will handle that? Um, and then we're just going to have to up the hand sanitizers and Hmm. make sure that there's a good wipe down in between things. Um, so it's it's just looking through different eyes for sure
1: and everything that we're doing these days listeners is looking at things through different eyes for sure way to say it rhonda jeremy rhonda delaney thank you so much for being on the podcast today we appreciate you all thank you also for your contribution to the ebook listeners if you or as you are considering reopening trying to determine how to go about that the things that we've discussed And much, 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 much more and much more depth and breadth are all free and available to you through the free ebook that we are offering at LifeWay.com slash six considerations. That's LifeWay.com slash the number six, the numeral considerations. And you will find the free ebook there, which also includes some cool printable posters that you can put up in your spaces that encourage people to wash hands and keep distance and all those fun things, uh, even ways to greet one another from a distance. Uh, so Ron Jeremy Delaney, thank you guys. And listeners, thank you for tuning in again. We'll see you back soon with another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.